This is the Daily Signal podcast for Friday, November 18th. I'm Virginia Allen. The ministry of Jesus and his disciples has been brought to life in recent years through the streaming show, The Chosen. Episodes from season one and two have been streamed over 400 million times. And today, the first two episodes of season three are releasing in theaters. Director of The Chosen, Dallas Jenkins, joins us on the show today to talk about the most challenging part of filming season three and how the whole journey of filming the show first began. Stay tuned for our conversation after this. As conservatives, sometimes it feels like we're constantly on defense against bad ideas. Bad philosophy, revisionist history, junk science, and divisive politics. But here's something I've come to understand. When faced with bad ideas, it's not enough to just defend. If we want to save this country, then it's time to go on offense. Conservative principles are ideas that work. Individual responsibility, strong local communities, and belief in the American dream. As a former college professor and current president of the Heritage Foundation, my life's mission is to learn, educate, and take action. My podcast, The Kevin Roberts Show, is my opportunity to share that journey with you. I'll be diving into the critical issues that plague our nation, having deep conversations with high-profile guests, some of whom may surprise you. And I want to ensure freedom for the next generation. Find The Kevin Roberts Show wherever you get your podcasts. The Chosen is a crowdfunded streaming series that follows the life and ministry of Jesus and his disciples. The first season released in 2019, the second season in 2021, and the third season is out this November. Here with us to talk about it is Dallas Jenkins. He is the director and creator of The Chosen. Dallas, thanks so much for being here. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. So in full disclosure, my whole family, we're all major Chosen fans. It's not uncommon for me to call my parents. You know, it's it's just a weekday night and I say, hey, what are you guys doing? And they say, we're watching The Chosen. Again, uh, we love it. And I think, you know, so many people in the church, outside of the church, love this series because it's so well done. Honestly, I think this is one of the first times that we are seeing Christian television that is so highly produced, so professional, so well done. And this is a massive undertaking. You all are creating a seven-season show, a seven-season series. What prompted you to say, yes, I want to take this on? Uh, Well, Failure, to be honest with you. Um, my previous movie uh, that I that came out in 2017, uh, The Resurrection of Gavin Stone, a movie that people who watched it liked, and I was very proud of the movie, but it, not enough people watched it, so uh, it totally bombed at the box office, and I was left with pretty much no future. I, I, I got to a place that weekend where uh, I didn't know if I would ever make another movie again. Um, when you when you have a failure. Uh, it's hard to find people who are eager and willing to finance your next venture. And so I went back to the drawing board. I went to my church uh, and said, hey, there was a script for for a a Christmas Eve short film, you know, about the birth of Christ from the perspective of the shepherds that I had put on the shelf because I was doing this movie. Um, But, you know, let's, let's, let's do that. And they were excited about it. I'd done a couple of short films for the church before. And so on my friend's farm in Illinois, 20 minutes from my house, I made the shepherd uh, about 18, 19 minutes long. And uh, I remember while I was doing it is when I came up with the idea for the show. And I also remember thinking, this feels like a really small little thing. It's just being done, you know, with very little budget. However, I am, uh, I've I've never been more in my wheelhouse. You know, I I feel like this is what I was meant to do. 
And uh, long story short, that short film ended up being the catalyst, what what caused people to watch it and then want to invest, you know, 16,000 people all over the world investing over $10 million into season one of The Chosen and the rest is history. But yeah, if it, if it wasn't for failure, any surrender on my part to God saying, I'm okay if I never make another movie again. I'm okay. I just want to be in your will. I have joy that I have never experienced before, even though I have no clue what my future is. And there was a time, I mean, even after I made that short film, I was like, I was looking for jobs. I mean, I was, I was, I remember talking to like colleges about, you know, teaching film. I mean, I was totally thinking I have to provide for my family. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I was shifting from, from the previous employment that I'd had. And, uh, and, and it was a painful time, but uh, God, was present. And and I think it's, that's part of the reason why the chosen is what it is is because I think there's this kind of almost reckless surrender and Mm -hmm. lack of concern for the results that has uh, caused it to maybe, maybe maintain a little bit more authenticity. Yeah. Well, it certainly seems to be working now the chosen. It's so beautifully done because you're taking the stories of the Bible and you're putting them in narrative form, which is so relational. And I think it really allows the audience to connect with those stories. But when it comes to crafting the script, who all is involved both uh, from a creative perspective and a theological perspective to say, okay, this is how we want to portray this on screen in a way that works, but is also true to the biblical narrative. Yeah. So I have two co-writers, Ryan Swanson and Tyler Thompson, and the three of us are true partnership. Uh, You know, it's like a 33, 33, 33, um, where we each contribute equally. And we start with the Bible. Obviously, that's the primary source of truth and inspiration for the stories um, because that's where we're headed in the story. We, we know where the story is going uh, over the course of Jesus's ministry. Um, but then we, we have other sources, obviously, by cultural context, historical context, artistic imagination. And so we come up with the storylines, we write the scripts and all that. And we have a, a panel of, of three biblical scholars who look at it, make sure that we're not going outside the bounds of the character of Jesus and the intentions of the Gospels. And also, we like to know from a Catholic perspective, Messianic Jewish perspective, and I'm an evangelical, so I have an, we have an evangelical scholar, um, what, what are the things, what are the landmines that we don't want to step on unintentionally? Now, there have been plenty of things that I have done that have offended people from all different faith denominations. And I'm okay with that as long as we believe that we're we're following uh, where God wants us. But I just want to know in advance what those <laughs> may be and if they matter. If there's something that doesn't matter, then why 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 do something innocuous or or unrelated to the story that is going to offend people? But for the most part, um, we're just trying to make sure that we stay within a few general guidelines uh, that that so that we're not uh, you know violating these intentions of Jesus in the Gospels. Uh, then uh, once the show comes out we have this kind of superpower where we don't really mind or even think much about or care much about criticism or praise because we've already taken the time with the scholars. And I have a couple of pastors that I run things by and talk to about, of course, prayer and my wife. I mean, we, we take these things very seriously, but by the time the show comes out, we've thought through these things, prayed through these things, considered the, the, the strengths and weaknesses so that now we can just let the show speak for itself and not try to seek more praise or avoid more criticism. Yeah. Let's talk for a moment specifically about season three. So season two ends, I think, in this beautiful moment, uh, both of of kind of, wow, this is amazing, and also incredible tension because Jesus is delivering the Sermon on the Mount. And also in that same scene, 
and Judas is introduced as Judas and you're realizing what is unfolding. How do things pick up in season three? Well, yeah, we pick up right where we left off. Um, you know, Jesus uh, goes ahead and delivers the sermon and uh, we see, and you see this in the trailer too, Judas approaches Jesus and and is blown away by what he's heard. He's he, he, he wants to be part of this ministry. He believes he has skills that can contribute to it. Uh, the, 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 now the all 12 disciples plus the, 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 fe- the female followers of Jesus are, are together. And, and Jesus says, let's take it. Let's take a break. Let's go back home. We've been traveling for a bit. And uh, now we have to deal with the outcome and the consequences of this sermon. Um, the, the profile of Jesus has risen significantly. Um, and not only that, which has gotten the attention more of Rome, it's gotten the attention of the Pharisees and the, all the way to Jerusalem. Uh, the attention is building, but then you've also got the inward tension. So Jesus now assembles the 12 disciples, officially labels them his 12 apostles. They're now his messengers. And they're thinking, wow, this is great. It's scary, but it's great. Why are bad things still happening? Why are we still being oppressed by Rome? Why is, in the case of Simon, why is my marriage still struggling? Little James, who's handicapped, why am I still handicapped? Especially when you've called us out two by two to go heal and cast out demons. You're asking me to heal others and you haven't healed me yet. What, what's the deal there? We, we really did dive into these really difficult questions. And so season three is kind of this, you know, uh, I don't, transition moment of the disciples going, yay, we're officially Jesus's apostles. Why aren't things awesome? Yeah. They have to wrestle with that. And I think the viewer does too. Yeah. That's a huge question. Are there any scenes in season three um, that were either particularly challenging to film or <laughs> that you feel a certain sense of, of just deep connection over that you're really proud of how they turned out? Yeah. Well, every, <laughs> I mean, we had so many weather issues and COVID issues and uh, construction uh, delays from the supply chain. I mean, it was it, it, it was the whole season was by far, and there isn't even a, a close second in my entire career, the most challenging thing we've done. Uh, there were some scenes uh, that, that some of which you can even see in the trailer glimpses of the, the scene of the, the bleeding woman uh, who pursued Jesus to be healed, just to touch the hem of his garment. Um, but obviously the feeding of the 5,000 was a, was a monster. I mean, that took the, 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 the circumstances around it, the actual feeding itself, took you know a week and a half two weeks to film we had thousands of extras come in for three days uh the heat was absolutely jaw-dropping i mean there were and, and there were literal on the days we were filming people who had to get medical attention mm-hmm. um the size of it the scope of it the weather of it the emotional toll of it i mean as as i assume you've appreciated about the show we never just take a bible story and and and, and just capture it we we give you what we think could have been the emotional and spiritual uh, stakes involved in it. And so it was just a very heavy emotional process. It's also a scene that, uh, that I'm still, I'm actually in the middle of, of working on now and editing now because uh, it doesn't come out for a couple months, but that scene, um, very, very proud of how it turned out. And it's a very personal connection to me because the story of the feeding of the 5,000 and the truth of, our job is not to feed the 5,000. It's only to provide the loaves and fish, change my life and launch the chosen. Um, I think that that scene for sure is, is uh, going to be memorable for people. It's the climax of the season and for sure the connective tissue of our whole, uh, of our whole project. Mm. Well, we certainly encourage everyone to book and look at your calendar, mark your calendar for November 18th, because episode one and two 
premieres actually in theaters. It's the first time it's premiering in theaters. That's huge. And then be sure to download the Chosen app so you can catch those next episodes as they come out. But Dallas, thank you for your time. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on. And that'll do it for today's episode. Thanks for listening to the Daily Signal podcast. If you haven't had the chance already, be sure to check out our evening show right here in your podcast feed where we bring you the top news of the day. Also, make sure to subscribe to the Daily Signal wherever you get your podcasts and help us reach even more listeners by leaving a five-star rating and review. We love hearing your feedback. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day. I'll be right back here with you at 5 p.m. for our top news edition. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. Executive producers are Rob Bluey and Kate Trinko. Producers are Virginia Allen, Samantha Asheris, and Jillian Richards. Sound design by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. To learn more, please visit DailySignal.com.